to the episode number four of Volleyplug Podcast. This week, our guest is University of Hartford head coach Mitch Kalik. Mitch Kalik entered his first season as the head volleyball coach at the University of Hartford in 2015. He was hired after a two-year stint at Central Michigan. He brings more than 12 years of coaching experience to Hartford, including eight at the Division I level. He becomes the 10th volleyball coach in the history of the program. Mitch and I spoke about his beginnings as a player, his transition to coaching, and his awesome advices for future coaches. It was a great conversation, and I hope that you all enjoy it. Where are you from? That's a great question. My coaches laugh every single time someone asks. Actually, they used to laugh. Now I think they just cringe whenever someone asks me that question. Um, I was born in Chicago, moved to, and I've lived. I moved to Vegas when I was ten. Went to school in New York City, Europe for a year. Oh my god! Back to New York City, Knoxville, Southern California, D.C. Back to Southern California. Oh my god! In the middle of nowhere, Michigan. (laughs) No offense. Um, Middle of nowhere, Michigan, and now here at Hartford. So yeah, I've been volleyball has been very good to me. It's been very, uh, I've been very fortunate in the fact that it has. Taking me to all those places, yeah, the yeah. Place in the, and the only region in the country I haven't lived is is the Pacific Northwest. But every other place, it's been, I mean, it's been absolutely awesome. Everything, oh, um, and so, so you were born in Chicago, yep. and then you moved to Vegas. Yeah, my dad got sick of this thing called winter, um, <laughs> so he just kind of like upped us all and moved us from from Chicago to to Las Vegas, where. Ironically enough, it snowed twice while we were there. So go figure. While I was in high school, so of go course, figure that of course. one out. Yeah, and of course they they see like a dusting and they start freaking out, going like, "Oh my god, no, what is what this? What are we doing?" And just look at, and we're just looking at everyone, go like, "Really? Just calm down. It's just snow. It's just <laughs> snow. It's not the big that, deal." That that's that's hilarious. That's hilarious because when when I moved into um, New England, I had no idea that this was gonna be this bad. I had no idea at all. And this isn't bad. what are you talking about? Oh my god! I mean, and then, and then the, my first time I saw snow, I got I got out of the high, of the school, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm freaking out. There's like a dust. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> freaking out. A week later, three feet of snow. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, get it out of here. Yeah, let's get let's get it done with. And the worst part of snow is like it's not even the initial snowfall because everyone's like, oh, it's so pretty, it's yeah. so cute. It's we the aftermath it. of it's it. It's two days later oh when it's still when it starts looking black exactly. and it starts just. Or yellow, depending on where you're at. Yeah, yeah. Else too, because living in New York City, the snow really quickly turns, you know, a multitude of colors, not just black or brown. Oh that's, my God, that's know, disgusting. Oh, it's New York City. What are you gonna do? People got dogs and everything else. Like, <laughs> that's disgusting. We have an edit button on this thing, and eventually this, that may not make it. But. Awesome. So, where? When was the first time you got involved with volleyball? Was it middle school, high school? It was, it was uh, for, heading into my freshman year, high school. You were in where? I was I actually, um, my dad was telling me, you should play volleyball. You should play. I mean, I was going to high school, and, you know, most most guys going to high school are like, oh, I'm going to play football and everything else. And my dad's like, and I was a basketball player. So I football was, yeah, did I want to do it? Yeah, sure, yeah. but it wasn't really high on the radar. And my dad's like, you should play volleyball. I'm like, why? And he, he told me it's going to help your, your volleyball game. And I'm like, oh, your basketball game, I mean. I'm just like. Okay, yeah, sure. You know, you listen yeah, to that, yeah. especially what I was 12 years old at that point, <laughs> 13 years old. And um, it was funny because I was actually back in Chicago 
with a, for a family reunion, and my dad didn't come with us because he had to work. And it was uh, I was having a lot of fun with my cousins, people I hadn't seen for a while, I was close with. So I was like, you know, I just want to hang. I don't want to go back yeah, home. So yeah. I told my mom, like, you know, like a little whiny little. <laughs> trying to sit there and pull, pull, you know, pull the yeah, right yeah, levers put it together right put it together yeah I don't want to go back home I don't want to do it yeah. like, I don't want to and my mom like gets on the phone with my dad and my dad just like, I could get him on the phone like, no gets on the phone he's like you're getting your skinny little ass on that plane you're coming back home tomorrow and I was like okay finally you made a commitment you're doing it I'm like, okay you know life lesson um, seriously so got on the plane got back and Went to my first volleyball. Went to the volleyball camp that was for like our. It was a satellite camp from a from a school, and it was all like our. I was like one of three boys that was there. Another, the other two had sisters that played on the high school team, so that's how they got involved. And I just did it. I just showed up. I hit my first volleyball, and I was like, "Oh, this is fun. This is a lot of fun." And then the second ball I hit, I six packed the hell out of this girl, like <laughs> oh little, little like hundred percent like wrap around. That happens in like every like single like camp. Oh, I just and we were playing and I I had no idea about the sport at yeah, the yeah. time. We were playing on those like, those old like giant heavy rolling like poles. Yeah. That with like nets that sag like this and so but I don't know any better. So I'm like, oh I'm getting up really <laughs> high and I'm hitting really hard and this is fun and I got back in the car after my first or second day, and I told my dad that I think I like volleyball more than I like basketball. And he's just like, okay. And since then, I haven't really stopped. Like, did, did he play volleyball, no, too? My, and, no. and why why did he ask My parents you? are 5'5 five, five and 5'7. Five, oh, wow. I'm 6'4. So, so but how come they um, they knew about volleyball? Like, how my dad did they... just knew like, from jumping and stuff like that. Like, oh, okay. Game, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it, man. Wow, that's, that's, that. that's interesting. Interesting to see. I think it's like the first time I've ever heard of someone um, that knew about volleyball that way. Um, usually is, well, you know, there was basketball and we had nothing to do, and so we played volleyball. Um, but, that that's yeah. interesting. That's, oh. that's that's very cool. Yeah, my dad's just like, hey, they jump a lot. You, you like basketball. It's going to help you jumping and everything else. Why don't you do it? I was like, okay. So you got into volleyball high freshman freshman year mm-hmm. do you you play your four years yeah I played all four years in high school um i got moved up to varsity my freshman year for the state tournament and then the next three years they were talking about moving me up mid-season but that just didn't happen and then i got moved up my seat i got up my, then i was on varsity the last three years yeah. uh, we won one state championship and it was, it was fun. It was a good and time. then after that you decided to play yeah, decided in college I wanna, right i want to play in college um i Went on a. Okay, this is really funny, actually. Uh, went on a. I, I was. This is, this is a different time. So this is the late yeah. '90s. Like internet yeah. has just come on, so no one really knows anything what's going on. There's no like YouTube stuff or anything yeah, else yeah. yet. So, I go on a visit. I go on an official visit to BYU. Ryan Millar is the middle hitter, and he takes me out to lunch. I have no idea. At, at that point, I have no idea who Ryan Millar is. I'm just like, okay, there's this tall dude who's taking me to lunch. Okay, whatever. Um, Carl McGowan was the coach, and Hugh McCutcheon was wow. his assistant coach. Hugh wow. McCutcheon takes me to, to, to Hibachi, and he and this is my meal. And, he, you know, when they flip the shrimp at you, he looks yeah, at me yeah. and he's like, well, if you can't catch it, you're not going to get a scholarship. So you might as well catch You better catch this. So he caught it in my mouth. I actually got offered a – Half academic, half athletic, to play at uh, BYU, which I turn, ended up turning down. Yeah, because um, you went to so went NYU, to, went right? To NYU instead. Um, it it was a great decision, but there were definitely moments in time. For me personally, it was a great decision for me to make because I love New York City, loved it, and we had a real, real good volleyball team. And the, the guys I played with are still my, my best friends to this day. Yeah. 
now at the same time, it's <laughs> there was definitely some regret while I'm sitting there and I'm laying in my bed my freshman year and watching. There's always that moment. Well, when BYU is winning national championship <laughs> freshman year, <laughs> and, and you're then, like, and then again, oh you're my god, year, what am I doing? You're going like, oh, that would have been nice if I could have done that, made that just a little bit of a different yeah, decision, yeah. but. You know, you make the decision that's best, the best for you at that time. Yeah, and definitely. Even though there was some of those, like, you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas, um, it was really beneficial. Like, uh, it was really, it really helped me out in terms of my growth as a player. Because I don't think, and this is something we tell all of our recruits: you choose, you choose where you want to visit with your head, but you choose where you want to go with your heart. And I can tell you that my heart wasn't at BYU. Um, my heart was definitely like my mom knew where I was going the moment we stepped to sit, step foot in New York yeah. City. So it, it just is what it is. But the funny, funny thing is, is you know, it, it's really weird how some of those connections from early on in your life and early on in your playing career kind of translate later on. Um, like Kevin Hambly was an assistant coach at UNLV when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. So I played against him in volleyball wow. clubs, and I think that's how and he and he was an All American at BYU, which is how I think BYU first initially found out about me. Yeah. And then I think some they had some other coaches who were coming through, like Tom Peterson was the that I talked about the satellite yeah. camp. Yeah. That was coached by ran mm-hmm. by Tom Peterson, who ended up being the head men's volleyball coach at BYU after oh, okay. Carl McGowan, but had just come off winning a national championship at Penn State. So, and actually. The, my first volleyball coach was Grayson Du Bois, who is now the head coach at Utah State. Kevin Hamley is now obviously the yeah. head coach at Stanford. Um, who else was uh, Hugh, Hugh McCutcheon's obviously now the head coach of Minnesota as well yeah. as the national yeah. team stuff. And Kevin mm-hmm. did some stuff like that as well. Also on that BYU staff was also Rob Browning, who's now the head coach at St. Mary's. Wow! So, so you had a you had a so good good mentors I, around I you. Had a really, uh, I had a very very good introduction to volleyball because and, uh, just out of circumstance. Yeah. Um, and another great example is I went to a camp at, at Pepperdine for Marv Dunphy and, and got to know Marv um, and also got to know um, uh, well, I'm spacing on his name right now I can picture him Rick McLaughlin yeah, uh, who yeah, is yeah. Jim McLaughlin's little brother so uh, it's, okay. it's, cr- it's crazy wow. the world, how what a network really yeah, 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 it's yeah, been pretty, yeah I've been I, I, can, I can talk to Kevin I can talk to Hugh yeah, about, yeah. you know I've called Hugh on the phone before and just talked to him about something he's like hey Mitch <laughs> <laughs> that's super yeah. cool that's super cool wow so do you think that's what um, helped you just make the transition from playing to, to coaching because at this time you're studying at NYU which is basically NYU. one of the top colleges i would say it's very very tough to get into um you're studying at nyu when do you say you know what i'm not gonna go for what i'm studying anymore i just love volleyball i want to keep coaching i want to keep doing whatever i need to do in order to stay in volleyball well how was that transition the decision the decision to start coaching didn't didn't even happen until i got back from playing professionally overseas so when i got back from playing pro i um oh where did you play i didn't know that you know i played in portugal portugal yeah so i went over and i toured through Germany, Slovenia, and Austria, and then ended up signing with a team in Portugal. Um, I, if it happened 10 years later, I may, still, I may have been over there for, for, for a few more years because the money is way better <laughs> yeah, now yeah, than, it yeah, is, definitely, than, is, definitely. than it was then. Um, but uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, and we're talking about mentors. Like I came back from, I came back from, from being overseas. I hadn't seen my family in about nine months or so. Um, and I, I went and had lunch with my high school coach and just was from talking. From New York? From, no, from uh, from Las Vegas. Oh, okay, okay, so okay, yeah. I yeah. was sitting down talking to her and going, 
uh, you know, I had like 35 zany, crazy, off the wall ideas about what I want to do with my life. And she looked at me dead in the eye and said, <laughs> Mitch, you can tell me any of this crazy shit you're thinking hey. about but I don't care, you're going to be a coach. And I, I looked at her and was like, no, I'm not. No, yeah, right. I'm 100% not doing that. And and then, I, you know, I think a few weeks later, I was back in New York City. I was working like craft services on films that were getting shot in New York, yeah, and I was yeah. pacing back and forth on a platform and go, about on my way to go go home and just said, no, let's, let's do it. Let's see, what, let's see where it takes me. And then... I called my old, my former assistant coach from college. He had just become, he had become the head women's volleyball coach at NYU the year prior, and he was looking for an assistant. He's like, yeah. He's like, Dom's leaving, who was my setter actually in college. He's like, he's he's pursuing other opportunities. Yeah, do you want to come on board? I was like, yeah, sure, totally. Well, you know, brazen life decisions. So yeah, good. yeah, and, yeah. You know, except for my first job, I was making. $2,500 a year living in New York City, which if you've ever been in New York City, yeah. lasts about one weekend. So um, was, was doing that and just, you know, fell in love with it. Our first year was amazing. Uh, we were playing in the national championship game. Our first, my, my first year coaching was pretty, was wow. a pretty, and we didn't know, what we were, it's crazy what you don't know when, what you, you don't know what you don't know. And that really, looking back on that now, yeah, we didn't know anything. We didn't do shot charts. We didn't do. We, there was mm -hmm. no first off at the because it's NYU's Division three school mm -hmm. you know, on the men's side. It, yeah, it didn't yeah. make much of a difference at that point in time. N now it does, but back then we played Penn State, George Mason, Princeton, Harvard, and we beat. We, we played. We're competitive with with Penn State and George Mason, and we beat up on Princeton and Harvard and yeah, yeah, and all the know, other teams that you play with. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when we're playing up against. <laughs> On the women's side, obviously, it was just Division three only. We just there was no video exchange. I yeah. didn't have, that didn't exist. There was mm -hmm. no scouting reports. That, like that barely existed. It was just go out and play. And we were fortunate enough to to get the national championship game our, our, my first year. So and that's that was your first year as a head coach. My right? first year as, as an assistant. Assistant, that was as my an first assistant year. coach. Yeah. So when do you became a head coach? Uh, just here. This is my first head. Coach this is your job. first time. Well, I've been I had coached a bunch of club teams. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But um, but this is my first collegiate head coaching job. Wow, mm -hmm. wow, that's so interesting. Cause you went, like you said earlier, you went from New York, you Tennessee, <laughs> you got Central Michigan, yep. you got Maryland, you got every single place that you could possibly think of. Yeah. Wow. So talk to me about that. So you went from NYU. Then yeah. what was and, up next? Uh, so after my third year at NYU, we had done pretty well, as I mentioned earlier, and I was just like, you know what? Let's, what, what's this Division One thing like? Like, what, what? I didn't want to get my foot in the door. I want to sit there and really, you know, push forward and be the best. Because you know, me being the competitive person that I am, I want to be the best. Yeah, in everything yeah, I, yeah. Everything and everything, else, yeah. So I, um, I was like, let's let's give this a shot. I, so I, re one of my friends put me in contact with Rob Patrick, who was and still is the head coach over at University of Tennessee, and they were just coming off of a Final Four appearance the, pre the prior year. And I was like, hey, um, I hear you're looking for a volunteer. Um, I'm 100% interested. Let me know. And he was—he invited me down. It was eye-opening, to say the least, about how the different—the difference going from a, a top team. We were at, at NYU. We were a top five team at the Division three level, and then to go to a top 20 program at the Division one level, it was just like oh, completely my God. different. 100% night and day different from the recruiting standpoint, from what you did for the team, what what happened with all this other. Like it was just an eye-opening experience um and it was one of the most 
you know, informational experiences I've ever had in my life. So you, you, you mentioned recruiting. You mm-hmm. were, um, I, if I believe you were, weren't you a, a recruiting coordinator? Pretty much every stop I've been at, I was yeah. a recruiting coordinator. So yeah. how, how what, is, what is it like to be a recruiting coordinator? What, what, what is your day-to-day like? Like, what do you do as a recruiting <laughs> coordinator? Jason probably can answer this question pretty well right now, too, because I think your, 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 your life as a recruiting coordinator pretty much involves emails, finding different, and even more so now, finding ways to connect with, with kids. With um, all the rules and yeah. all of that, well, too. Well, with, within, with, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Well, but what I'm saying with all the, with all the <laughs> craziness. Yes, yes, all the craziness. Sit there and just burn it and just try to find a way around it. It's a gray area. Let's dabble. Let's go. Um, no. Like, I love with, it. Like, for recruiting coordinators, like, you pretty much, you're tied, like, <laughs> I got a funny story about this one too, but um, you're you're emailing, you're doing everything you possibly can to to create a brand, create interest, to drum up interest in in, in the program. To sell, pretty yeah, much, you're selling the your selling, program, you are, your marketing. You are, you're more the person on the ground who's sitting there and just trying to get person someone interested. The closer is the head coach because the yeah, head yeah, coach is the yeah. person's got to come in and sit there and go like, "This is why we want you. This is here. You know, say yes or no." Mm-hmm. Um, as an assistant. Your job is to make sure you're first off vetting everyone that you possibly can so they even get to the head coach. Yeah. Um, sometimes they person. Uh, there's been times where I get off the phone with a recruit and maybe really high on the kid, and the head coach asks me, "Hey, so how did the conversation go?" And I'm like, "She's no. not your kind of a kid." No. And you have to understand who your head coach is. Yeah, definitely. Because because you need to see what mm-hmm. they're trying to find, yep. what they're what's their personality, what fits like, with their is, program. Is their personality going to make sense? Is the personality going to fit inside the entire program, etc.? You're trying, to, and we talk about this all the time. Um, is and when Jason first came on, it was one of the things I really was stressing to him: find ways to differentiate yourself. Um, I, I barely in, with recruiting. My is my emails. I never talked. I barely talked volleyball in any of my emails. There's no point. Like, yeah, how is yeah. that making? I, I guarantee you, and I, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can say you get a generic we got email Rachel from over here you, too. You, you got you got a generic <laughs> email from a you get a generic email from a coach. Hey, how did the tournament go this weekend? Yeah, I yeah. hope you did well. <laughs> I saw there's some of the like. Come on, yeah, really? yeah. Like, like if like, you're gonna talk to me, volleyball, like, just no, come watch yeah, me, watch exactly. my videos, like, just like, get like, to no. know the player in their background, totally. get to know how they are, how they interact with people. Because at the end of the day, they're with you, like. 15% of their time yeah. in here. Like, the rest of their time, they're interacting with yeah. professors, they're interacting with other people. Yeah. And something that we stress is, with, with, especially with my conversations with the recruits, and Jason and Ashley can talk mm-hmm. about their own, but for me, I want like, to be able to have an organic conversation with the recruit. If yeah. I can't have, if I can't talk with you about anything, something, mm-hmm. what did you do this weekend? You know, did you go see a movie? Yeah. You know, Oh well, okay. So which one do you want to go see? I know. It's, hey, it's it's October. You know what, what's great? What's your favorite horror movie of all time? You know, yeah. Let's have a conversation. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily. Hey, so I have these five. Why are you interested in the University of Hartford, or why do you want to go to the Cal State Fullerton, or like they they get those questions all yeah, the time. Yeah, all the time. So if you're having, mm-hmm. uh, I just don't. I, I that's not something I prescribe to. I don't believe in it. I don't buy into it. I find you need to make sure you're finding ways to differentiate yourself. I had play. I had parents of players when I was at Fullerton, who came up to me after the player committed to some, and I never heard heard from some of these kids. Like, I never got an email back. And the dads went out of their way to come up to me and say, I know she went to Colorado, but she always loved opening up your emails. Wow. To me, I'm like, 
That's I'll awesome. take that. I'll take that. I, I yeah. Make sure there's a, a few leading questions in there in terms of like, hey, uh, questions that I want them to, to, to get back. So that way, if they responded, I knew that we that mm-hmm. we'd have a little more serious conversation the next time. Like a follow up. So yeah. Follow up email later on that week. It wouldn't all happen on a Monday and then a Tuesday. It would probably happen on Monday and then probably a Thursday. But recruiting, you got to make sure you're finding ways to. You just got to find ways to, to build your brand, create your name, and go with it. I remember my. Um, ex-fiance <laughs> she got really mad at me because she was also a coach and a volleyball coach volleyball, or? she was a volleyball coach and this is so this is september 1st when all of a sudden the flood everyone yeah in. yeah i can only imagine what inboxes look like on september 1st <laughs> for some people like all of a sudden you, you look at your inbox you're like a hundred new emails what shit, is I this emails oh my, my god inbox. what's Where going <laughs> on um i'm famous and i remember she, i was at fullerton and she was at riverside and we were in the same conference Oh, and this is when iPhones would just come out. Okay, I'm dating myself, but iPhones would just come <laughs> out not that long ago, and we both had our emails obviously linked with our phones. When we saw the no- the voice notifications or the vibrate notifications on it, every five minutes my <laughs> phone <laughs> and hers is silent, and she's just obviously we're both coaches and competitors, and she's looking at me like, just like I'm like, what are you so upset about? She's like, you're how, are those all recruit emails. I'm like, sorry. No. <laughs> and, That's and so she, funny. So yeah. She was, she, I learned really quickly how to turn off on settings, how to turn off all, all I bet you're not. I bet definitely you're not the only one that has had that problem because it's like sure, no. it's 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 coaching uh, for a lot of people think that coaching you have. All right. I'm coming into the office from nine to four and that's it. No, like you have maybe sometimes oh. Skype calls or phone calls or whatever with girls at like eight. Nine. And if you're recruiting yeah. internationally with the difference in times and all of that, or after games when you're, it's it's just becomes crazy. It becomes up to a point where you you don't have an actual schedule of what you do on a daily basis. And then, but that's also some of the good things. The fact yeah, it is. You, yeah, not, you don't have that nine to five. You don't have like okay, walk into my cubicle and I do this from this time to this. You have time. something then, new every single day. Go get coffee and stuff like that. Like when I was um when I just got when. I have some of my college teammates that live out in Southern California. So when I first got out to Cal State Fullerton, we went down to San Diego to hang out with someone. And one of them was already married and everything else. And so <laughs> his wife asked me, so since you coach, do you, what do you do for the rest of the day? I'm like, coach, you don't understand <laughs> how much paperwork goes on behind the scenes of everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of things. budgets, travel, equipment. Everything like I'm and I'm just scratching the surface. Yeah. Like when I my first uh, even at NYU, I was just like, I didn't know this much went into it. You hear it, but you don't necessarily understand how much actually goes into it. Yeah. And what, so scheduling, scheduling, and everything. <laughs> now that I see the schedule, oh. scheduling is just like a pain in the scheduling, butt for everyone I mean, you, too. You can look at our giant whiteboard behind yes. us. Like that's not necessarily, and none of that gets conquered in a day. Yeah. So you've got a lot of things you have to make sure you're doing, and then some of that stuff, some of it gets stretched out over the course of you know weeks to months to even a couple of years, depending on what you're doing. So it, it's just a different different grind, and um, with fully like. So it's just it's just a different aspect. Like when I was at Fullerton, I was also coaching a club team because, you know, over the course of my coaching career, when I really matured as a coach, was when I was in Southern California. Because again, we're talking about those networks. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, inside the Big West, which is where where Cal State Fullerton's conference is, Kathy Gregory, 
Brian Gemolaro. Yeah. Uh, who else was I mean? Um, John Stevenson, unfortunately, who passed away not not, not too long ago. Um, but he was some of the great volleyball minds, and you're also. Fullerton's campus was 10 minutes away from the Anaheim Sports yes, Center, right there. which is where the USA volleyball teams train and everything else. So you had a bunch of other people you can always rely on to talk. I was leaving my apartment at 7.45 in the morning coaching club. Some of the, on the nights I coach club, which is three to four nights a week, I wouldn't get home till 10 o'clock at night. Wow. And then I'm just going to bed and you know doing it all over again. And it's just it's the nature of the beast. And people don't understand that how much time actually goes into this yes aspect. and i was talking actually i was talking i've talked about this with um coach linda signelli in ccsu and with um chris grunwald in yukon um we both um talked about the fact that um coaching is only like actual coaching is only maybe maybe 15% of what you actually do yeah. on like if you're this if you take the whole things everything that you do you separate it all and stretch it all out in mm-hmm. a year maybe 15% of that is actually coaching because mm-hmm. it, it comes out to what two months three months including preseason and practices yeah, and all not, not even. let's say yeah three months and then you have spring which you have like two hours one hour whatever it is um practice is recess yeah yeah that's exactly what everyone says everyone says the same thing everyone says every time i go to practice it's just ah, finally i get to just relax get to and that's and for for people it's like oh you're actually working now when you're coaching and you're like no 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 (laughs) come to my office especially with especially being becoming a head coach and always wondering as an assistant like what do you what do you do all day like i'm doing all this other stuff what do you what do you do it takes a lot. You, you bounce back from yes. between a million and a half different things, and you're dealing more with administration, you're dealing more with alumni, you're dealing more with a million and a half different aspects of things. So when you're actually on the court, you're just like, I can just focus on volleyball. For the next two to two and a half hours, I can just focus on volleyball and getting my team yeah. better. Yeah. Um, it's, just, and it's, just, it's nice to have that, that break and that, like I, like I mentioned, like recess is such a rudimentary term for it, yeah. but it yeah. really is like, it oh, is. my God, I have – I have this, and it's nice to have. Anything it goes by so fast. <laughs> I bet practice times just fly. Especially the way that we go. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We don't, we don't do water breaks. Like if the girls need water, they can grab their water bottles. But we just go for two, two and a half hours straight. That's we, we stop so if we have to here and there in terms of like explaining a drill or stopping to point out something that we need to make sure we're correcting. But for the most part, our drills flow from one into the other the entire time. That's awesome. That's so cool. I've never, like, I haven't really heard of anyone doing it like that. That's, that's, where, that's where club actually helped. Because yeah. I was like, I came up with that idea when I was in Southern California. And you have so much little time in club, too, for yeah. between practices and, and stuff. I was just like, let's, makes give sense. This, let's give this a shot and see how it works. And it worked. And I'm like, all right, I'm not going to, I'm never going to drop this. So uh, it helps, it helps our team stay focused because, you don't have that five minutes by the water cool by the water jug where they're talking about talking things other than volleyball. About partying no about hell. this. Well, we, we all know this, and you can admit this. Players sit there, and when they're by the water jug, they're not talking about volleyball. Yeah. They're talking about, oh my god, I can't believe she just said this to me, or my parents just did this, or he didn't freaking text me back last night. What a, you know, you know. Yeah, that's yeah, a, it's true. That's a conversation it's true. That it happened. is totally true. It's not about what's what's actually going on in that moment in time. So you eliminate that. You eliminate that that. I was going to say some word I'm not going to say. Um, uh, you eliminate some of that, and it just you, you 
realize how much that dis- time is distraction, one, distraction, yeah. And how much mental, yeah, distraction is the best mm-hmm. way to put it because you're mentally distracting yourself from what your focus is, and then all of a sudden you have to refocus on what you were just doing intensely for the last thirty minutes. And it's just gonna take you time again to, yep, to, to reset that button that, again. That's wow, that's a great way to put it. I've never really thought of that that way. And that's not the way. The, and that's not the way the sport goes. Yeah, you're, it's you're, true. You're match, you gotta be engaged for two hours straight. So it trains our team to really make sure they're staying focused the entire time. Wow, that's 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 super interesting. Now, now that we hit, um, you're talking a little bit about Hartford. So you got here to you Hart. That was two years ago, right? I remember yeah, this is little, gonna be your yeah, third year. Going my third season. Um, you take over a program. Um, it's in New England. It's in Connecticut. It's volleyball in, in here it's everything against the odds for you basically from my standpoint I could, I could totally be i could totally be extremely wrong but from my stand my standpoint it's just wow you're taking this job that probably nobody really wanted it but you you have done a lot of the things with these true. girls um i've seen it from my first year i worked at central we used to play um uheart and, and and it wasn't it, it was whatever all right let's play uhart now i've gotten to the point where uhart beats central all the time and it's just competitive and it's just you see some change yeah you see something moving forward you see different girls coming in you see a different attitude a different scene obviously with a, with the different staff and all of that yeah. but what did you bring into uhart and and and, and before we even get to that, your first first experience in here, yeah. how was that, and how do you um, introduce your style to this? First experience with the team, or first experience yeah, just first experience with in terms of the program. You got to UHart, you got the job. The first day you got, you sat here and you say, "All right, what do we have?" <laughs> yeah, it, it's been that's been really interesting in terms of just where we needed to go with the program. Um, when I first got here, they had just graduated probably two, two of the, honestly, probably if we're looking over the, the numbers and over history, probably two of the best players that ever played at, at Hartford and yeah. Sarita Nethersoul and, um, and Jackie Tambury. Um, and just came in, and I really came in with a different attitude about what needed to happen, what was going on. I watched some video from the prior year and realized, okay, well, we're not, there, there's a lot of things that aren't happening. Mm-hmm. And I saw a lot of things that were happening on the sidelines. I was just like, okay, that's not me. So let's see what happens and, and let's see what we can change. And you hear this all the time in terms of changing a culture and changing a mindset. It takes time. And it Definitely. takes a lot of time. Especially with um, a program. program. Right now we are just adhering to the philosophies and the ideas that we started trying to introduce even two years ago. And you're starting to see the difference in terms of what we're doing on the court. If you look at our practice gym now, it's 100% different from what it was even three months ago. Then you have some players who have grown up exponentially. Like I can point out, like Elise Wenzel, who, it, like if you watch her play now, you would not even recognize her from where she was her, her, when we first got here. It's and Katie Henchy. Um, I had actually one of our uh, in, in conference. We had, the Sonia Burkett coach is no longer mm-hmm. there. Coley. Um, we talked after after my first year and she was like you're number 13 katie henchy mm-hmm. um like we didn't even worry about her last year and now she's moving her feet and doing shots and you know i always i say this all the time as coaches our job is to show the door mm-hmm. 
open the door for you, but we can't walk through it for you. Definitely, yeah. The players are the ones that actually have to walk and do it. And to our girls' credit, and I'm, I'm really what I'm really fortunate about when I got here was we, I walked into a group of great kids. They, they, they want to work hard, they want to be good, and they want, they're willing to do whatever it takes. Yeah, and you have um, fire. You have fire yeah. in your DSs. <laughs> yeah, they give you, well, but yeah. it's funny, but but they give you that energy yeah. that most teams don't have. Yeah. You know, that fire, that energy where you know for a fact that yeah. you're always going to have someone talking, yeah. someone yelling, someone screaming, someone intense, someone just. Yeah. I think one of the things that we really did was just kind of freedom a little bit. I think yeah. they felt, and, and, uh, and I'm speaking for them right now, but I think they felt a little restricted and constrained about what they could and couldn't do. And we kind of removed some of those shackles and kind of let them be themselves. We started allowing the personalities to come out, a lot of the personalities start to show. I had the strength and conditioning coach a couple of weeks in when I, after I got here and said, I don't know what you've done, <laughs> but they are louder, more energetic, and way more excited than the, I've ever seen this group. And I'm like, that's, that's great. good. That's, that's great that's to hear. A super great start. I think a lot of it just comes from, you know, just like I said, like we've taken out those, allowing their personalities to come through because there's a lot of great personalities on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I think with kind of going back to the practice mm-hmm. aspect we talked about, just bringing that different level of intensity and urgency and, and, and competitiveness that, that we're really – that the competitiveness even next year is going to jump through the roof because it hasn't necessarily been to where we needed to get yet in, in our gym. And that just comes through recruiting, and adding players. And I think next year we're actually going to be at a spot where we're going to be like really competitive in practice. And I think that's another thing that you guys have in favor, which is you guys's home gym. It's an, it's your home gym. It's yep. playing against you heart at you heart. Um, for those who have never been to you heart, it's, it's crazy. The, the the gym, it's it's bit like the the floor itself is big, it's comfortable. But then you have this much room for your fans mm-hmm. and your fans packed it all. Yep. Every single time I've come here, yep. whether it's a spring game yep. or a fall game or a season game or whatever it is, there's always a lot of people there. Yeah. Just gets super loud real quick and just just goes into your favor they used to say that the old head coach wanted to get in the main gym the entire time and i'm like why like i wouldn't mind playing a game or two in the main gym don't get me wrong i think it'd be really good for our girls yeah it's a nice gym too yeah it's a nice big gym but it's a big gym and we get about 400 to 600 fans a night and if you get 600 fans in our gym you can't hear yourself think if you get 600 fans in our main gym it it's 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 like nobody there's nobody you can sort of pin drop so it's a huge home court advantage for us. The hanging lights. We, we mm-hmm. know half the balls that go high in the ceiling, that's going to ricochet off somewhere, and God knows where, where it's going to go, so our girls are ready. Um, it, it, how it, you're entirely right. That, yeah. yeah, you have a giant playing surface. You have a lot of room behind the court. You yeah. have a lot of room on both sides to chase balls down. But it doesn't feel that way because of how enclosed everything is. Mm-hmm. You have to overhang over the benches where, you know, where – so it feels even more constricted than what it, what it truly is. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's – it, I like it our, gives I, you, yeah, it gives I like you our that. home court advantage. Yeah, I, I really definitely, definitely. <laughs> That's awesome. So now your your third season. Um, besides all of that, what has changed from the players' perspective? Like, what new players have you brought? And 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 I'm not talking just just name players. Mm-hmm. Just 
on on the different um either skill level that you might think is oh this girl is completely different or the psycholog psychological um, psychological <laughs> part of the of the volleyball sport what do you think it has changed from when you got here to now besides the energy part what what else do you have you think it just I think we're just bringing change. I, I think we've raised the volleyball IQ in our gym tremendously both with the players that we that's that are on our roster as well as the players that we're bringing in when we first got here I don't think they they didn't understand situational volleyball and I think that's something that we've definitely tried to stress over the course of time and I think we're just we're just starting to understand it a lot more um, I think that's a big, been a huge huge learning curve for us I don't think anyone's ever perfect at situational volleyball. Yeah, it's hard. But I think we have a much better understanding of what a what that concept actually is, and b what need, what ha needs to happen in certain situations. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think that's been a huge, huge aspect for us in terms which of I think, building and growing. I think which I think a lot of coaches, um, which now from my perspective, my experience, little bit, little bit of experience compared to you, but my little bit of experience in club volleyball. Um, it's that it's just I talk to the girls and sometimes it's hard for the players to to know wait but how come in here I have to do this but when this happened I have to do this when this happened I have to do this and it's just like all right I give you us yep. coaches will give you yep. the tools I'll give you five ways to do something but there's other Thirty thousand other ways to do it, and there's also thirty other thousand situations yeah. where you can implement that that you just learned. It's it's the million what ifs, right? Yeah. Hey, hey, do this, do X. Well, what if this happens? Well, then do Y. Well, what if this happens? Well, then do Z, and then so you, you just create a lot of different, you know, way too much ambiguity. So it, there's no there's no clarity in terms of what a player should be doing in a certain situation. This is why I, there are some coaches out there who will say, go to this X, do this X, do this every single time. And then inside a game, the player goes to X, does X, but Y happens. And then next thing you know, the, play, the, they coach, have no is, idea. the coach is yelling at the player for why didn't you do that? And the player looks at the coach like, you told me to be here. <laughs> you're crazy. And I'm like, you know. <laughs> um, and I, that, this is why we, we sit there and say, take one step. We'll never sit there and say, get to this spot on the court. Yeah. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in just putting players into a box or into a situation like that. I think that's also feeds into what we talked about earlier in terms of how the team has grown. Um, we, we tell them, go, hey, we don't say get 15, 18 feet deep into when you're trying to, trying to dig line. We say, hey, step release, boom, because we have a get, well, one player who's barely five foot on a good day. And we have another player who's five, six on a, on a good day. But So their stride's going to take them different different places yeah but if i tell that if i tell the kid who's five foot get to 16 feet it's going to take her a lot longer and she's not going to have the same reaction time so why am i going to do that i, I just don't it, and that goes back to it the depends. situational aspect situational. And, exactly yeah. it goes it depends. Back to all depends. Aspects. and how like you mentioned the tool belt we're going to give everyone the same tools but if i give you a hammer and you a hammer you're going to use a hammer in a different way Mm -hmm. you Definitely, may, you may, yeah. Your your swing may be with your elbow out, and you're trying to hammer it. You're, you just may be tight and just doing it here with your wrist. Yeah, both and, are, and, and both and both are and, and yeah, and, and they're and they're but and and it, that's completely true. And and the problem it is that sometimes I think, or not even sometimes, I think we've created a way to teach the game into like you said, just do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And if it's not X, Y, and Z, then it's not right. Oh, it's and, it, and it's not that way. The volleyball is so technical that Absolutely. 
you have so many ways to do it, so many ways to play it, so many ways to pass the ball. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be... I don't have to use the same platform or hands or whatever it is as Rachel does or as you do yeah. or as another person do. As long as I get that pass to wherever it has to be. Yeah. And I've heard um, the UCLA coach, let's try right Sean Sprott. Sean Sprott, talk about this once in one of the um, Art of Coaching Volleyball videos. And he said the same thing. He's like, I don't emphasize on like hands or, oh, your platform is here, your platform is there. No, I, I told my players, do whatever you have to do pass the ball to get that ball right there yeah and that, that, i think that's a little bit of the difference between also coaching guys and coaching girls yeah yeah because guys definitely because and i'm being stereotypical right now because there's absolutely some girls you can coach like guys and some guys you can coach like girls but if i tell a dude if i tell a guy hey just go get this done he's probably gonna get it done mm -hmm. if i ask, if i tell a, a girl the same thing he'll go get that done she's gonna ask me how it's and more psychological. So you have to make sure you're prepared to actually explain more. Explain more to on the You think that's right? You think that's true? Sorry for the stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> we have a girl in here just in case everyone knows. You have to make sure you actually understand what's going on. You actually have to explain yourself a lot yeah, more. Yeah, true. It. It's, it's completely it's, it's true. Just, just, it's just the wiring. And you have to understand that you have to explain that a little bit more. And so you have to be prepared to do something. Mm -hmm. that, that's all. So, yeah, I, I think – and John's right. Like, hey – just get it, get the job done. How are we gonna get the job yeah. done? But at the same time, you have to make sure you have reasoning at least behind it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and and also the fact that at this level too, not so much high school or not so much maybe club, um, old um younger kids, but at this level, D one, especially the top D one schools, mm -hmm. they can they they're I guess they're allowed to say stuff like that because at that point you know everything that there is to know so <laughs> far about, in my eyes, about just basic skills you need you know you it's a must know at that point well the basic skills like even and this is when i was going to bring up earlier when you were mentioning it um about the box and everything else the, the biggest problem is that is not at the co collegiate level the biggest problem is at the 14s and 15s level where they look at a kid who's five nine five ten at 14 or 15 goes like oh you're going to be a middle so don't worry about passing <laughs> great why that's awesome there, well, there hey, goes another girl <laughs> and, and not, not to mention that but what if that kid doesn't grow anymore what if the yeah. kid stops at five nine five ten and now she's which is and now most she's times a, it happens and now she's a front row hitter who has no ball who, a five nine front row hitter who has no ball control skills that's awesome i think i mean you and i was being 100 yeah. sarcastic for those of you listening online i was being sarcastic when i said that <laughs> um you have to understand that players need to develop and you never know when who's going to develop what there are some really tall setters out there that if they came underneath that mantra and that mindset they wouldn't be a setter and they wouldn't be where they're at right now mm -hmm. um and to go off of what, what you had just mentioned just previously the, the higher level division one division one sport uh teams on the women's side have the same problems we have mm -hmm. like it doesn't make a difference what level you are it's the same exact issues it's just at a different it's just at a, at a higher level yeah yeah um, it's just if you look at, I mean, I, I talked to this, about this with a bunch, of, a bunch of our recruits. You watch the national championship game. You had Stanford on one side, Texas on the other. Both of them are stacked with athletes on both sides. What was the difference between those two teams? Stanford had fun. Texas looked like they were at a freaking funeral. Yeah, like, true. That was the difference. Yeah, like, it's a lot of it is the attitude that you put into the sport, not so much into the and skills. Some of it, and some of it's X's and O's. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, 100%. But, some, but X's and O's, 
there's at least four adjustments they're going to make inside of a volleyball match. Okay, we thought this kid's, this player was going to go line. She's going cross. Let's make sure we're making that adjustment. Okay, we thought she was, someone was going to run more slides. She's running more back ones or, or ones or 30 ones. So let's make sure we're making that adjustment. But at the end of the day, the players got to play the game. Mm-hmm, and if the players are having fun, and you could tell Stanford was having fun dancing their dancing yeah, all yeah, over everything, the place and, everything. and having their own individual dances and stuff like that. And that team had the same – and that team in Texas was on the sideline, being being very stoic, being uh, looking. Uh, you know, I'm not on that team or on that program, yeah, yeah. so they can speak more 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 on it. But looking very detached from what was happening on the court. And I can I know, having coached, that both of those teams had issues behind the scenes that were res- that were either resolved or weren't. Mm-hmm. Every team mm-hmm. does, yeah. And you just have to find ways to make sure that you're, you know, putting be creative with it. Be creative, and we, we all do. We all have it. So, and I use that as an example, but because you brought up the mm-hmm. you know, high level, yeah, yeah. One high level yeah. teams, but everyone's everyone has the same issues. Everyone has to sit there and find ways to whether you're playing the national championship game or playing in the NEC or America East or even the um, uh, big know, the South or, or, or whatever or it ECAC is. ECAC championships yeah, yeah. doesn't make a difference which ones you're doing. If you're playing in the Empire Eight or you're playing in the what's the Conference at Williams is in. I don't. I don't even know off the top of my head. No, I mean, yeah. um, oh, the NESCAC. If you're if you're playing in those championship games, you have the same issues. You have the same thing. It's still about it's still about creating a dynamic, creating relationships amongst your team. That's, trying to that's transfer better. your your philosophy, yeah. trying to transfer your style of game into the, the girls or boys, whatever Absolutely. you're coaching, and then trying to make it all work Absolutely. together. Because yeah. at the same time, you're working with twelve, whatever you have in your roster, say twelve, which is much, yeah. Wow, yeah. let's say twelve or nineteen. <laughs> um, different, different um, okay. girls, different minds, different personalities, um, and it just makes it harder. Um, let's take a, a a little turn. We're almost right there, right done. And let's take a turn that I've taken with everyone that I've um, interviewed so far. It just happens that everyone that I've interviewed um, are from New England area. Um, I want to talk about our region. Our region. Definitely coming from Puerto Rico, coming I have my girlfriend who comes from Michigan. We've seen we've seen youth volleyball extremely different than what it is right than what it is in here. Um and it is surprising to me and and, and what I tell everyone it is, is this the fact that we have the top colleges or universities educational wise in the globe basically uh-huh. because you have Harvard, you have Yale, you have NYU, you have um Brown, you have Dartmouth, you have Yukon, you have all of these amazing institutions you in a little got, bit you got Hartford in that little oh. right there by the way. I just want to point that out. <laughs> you got Hartford, you got Central. Sorry, Central. Uh, I don't know about you want to throw um, Central. I, I wouldn't throw hey, Central hey, in that person. I'm a blue devil. I'm a blue devil. You gotta play the I'm home crowd. De- I got it. I got it. <laughs> um but all I'm saying is we have this um, great institutions globally in such a little um, space, but we don't have a lot of representation of our area in those institutions, in these institutions right here. Um, you see a lot of girls coming from California, coming from Michigan, coming from Texas, coming from Florida, coming from maybe Nebraska, maybe the middle part of the of, of the states. Puerto Rico, you have two Puerto Rican girls. You Central has girls coming from Bulgaria, Netherlands, and but we don't have anything from here. 
and 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 it blows my mind and i sit down and i talk and all i i hear from a lot of people no you know well we just have we're we're battling with a lot of sports we're battling against soccer we're battling against football we're battling against basketball but in my opinion before i even ask you in my opinion mm-hmm. i think we if because i coach high school in here too i think we don't give the options to the girls at, at earlier age let's say let's use middle school for instance just middle school we don't they don't have that option i don't i don't believe at least in what i've seen the girls don't have that option all the way until they get to um high school that then they realize oh wait there is volleyball and it's not that volleyball isn't popular because new england volleyball has a lot of girls it's 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 it's, it's just they take it too late i in my in my eyes it's, no it's a, I'll just, and it I'll, could I'll, I'll, disagree, I'll disagree with you on, on, on a certain level. It's 100% regional. The Northeast um, is very, and I've lived, in, I've lived in New York City for seven years, and I've lived here for two, so I've lived in the Northeast for about 10 years combined. The Northeast is very stuck in the way, in their ways. They don't want to, they don't necessarily evolve. Very old school. Very old school. So old school sports here, lacrosse, and I'm including lacrosse in it because lacrosse is the oldest sport in the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Um, lacrosse. Field hockey, basketball, baseball, football. That's what's here. Now, the big issue is you also have the preeminent basketball team on the women's side in the state. So everyone, when they see their daughter and see how athletic she is, they want to grow up. They want her to grow up to be a Husky. Mm-hmm. You go play for Gino. Mm-hmm. Okay. How many people from you from Connecticut are actually on Gino's team? True. I don't think there's that many. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know his roster off the back of my head, off the top of my head, but I but don't, I don't think it's. But, there's, but there's not very. Good. Let's Google that. Yeah. But, keep but going. I, I don't think there's very many. So, and what people need to start realizing is how the growth that volleyball has undertaken. Um, volleyball is now the number one girls' sport in high school. It has been for the last mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. It's only gonna, and that's only going to grow and get bigger. I also know and. Um, I also know that it's really hard for some people to let go of that concept because basketball has been the thing. And you have a lot of girls now, and I know of one in particular who is now a very uh, – I think she was an honorable mention All-American this year or close to it. Um, she may have even been All-Big Ten or second team or something along mm-hmm. those lines. She decided to play volleyball later on in high school. She was playing both volleyball and basketball. She decided to make the decision that she wanted to play volleyball in college. She got, she ran in, when she, after she made the decision, she ran into her AAU coach outside of her volleyball practice. And the AAU coach ripped into her, just yelled at her. You're throwing away your life, you're throwing away this. How are you, you going to tell a kid at 16 years old who's making a, deci- a tough decision for her that she's throwing yeah. away her life? When, by the way, a volleyball scholarship is exactly the same thing as a basketball scholarship. You're getting the exact same results, and we have also pro leagues, so and we also have you can actually Olympic make, games. You can actually make m- just as much money because you're not making any money playing prof- playing the WNBA. You're making maybe twenty to forty k. Yeah, not making that yeah. much money. But maybe a little more than that. I'm just speaking. I'm, I'm pulling numbers out of the from air. the average. Let's say average. average. Let's just say the, average. The, the best players in the WNBA make all their money playing overseas. Yeah. Same thing for volleyball. And volleyball players can, if you're on the, na- and I'm using the national team as an mm-hmm. example. If you're on the women's national team, you're making six figures overseas. 
if you're on the men's national team, you're making six to seven figures overseas. Yeah, Germany, so China, Germany, Germany, China, super well. Um, Azerbaijan, Russia, Azerbaijan, Azerbaijan. Yeah, Uzbekistan or two, whatever. South Korea. Yeah, you have someone like Matt Anderson who left Penn State after his sophomore year because he signed a six-figure contract to play in <laughs> South Korea. Mm, you insane. have these things that are happening right now. Yeah, and what people and the thing is, is people don't know about it, and you're starting to you're starting to start you're starting to see that swell of support. One. So there's one player, one from, player Connecticut from Connecticut who's actually so. on Gino's team. And I, w- w- did she start? What was her stat line this year? How many games did, how many <laughs> no, games did she play? Another, another. Here we go. Yeah. Um, one out of maybe like 14 players, 15 players 15, in the, on the imagine, roster. I imagine the full roster is 15. You just wow. have you just have that uh, that mantra in the Northeast of it's basketball. If I have, a good, if I have an athletic tall daughter, she should be playing basketball. That's not – but that's not what's happening across the rest of the country. You're seeing a lot of those players who used to play basketball who now want to play volleyball instead. And you're also, in all honesty, you're also seeing a little bit now on the men's side too. Mm-hmm. I, uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends is a is the coach out, out, out in Southern California. I was talking to him in Las Vegas for a bit during a tournament, and he said, yeah, my front line this year is 6'8", 6'8", 6'10", on the men's side. Wow. Yeah, and, and, and it's it, it's. And growing. I'm like, why are those guys not playing basketball? He's like, they just, they're sick they're of it. Like they, they're, they're done with the whole, with, they're done with what what basketball has started to become on the men's side even too. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I hate that. That's and that's and that's honestly their, that's their opinion, um, that's their perspective of things. And it's kind of it's very interesting to see where the sport's going to be in five years. So to your point, why is Northeast, you know, why is Northeast volleyball lagging behind the rest of the country? I think it's because you have very, you have a lot of old traditions and old mindsets that happen that are prevalent in this area. So you have you have those mindsets then get transferred over to children who don't necessarily aren't really necessarily exposed to volleyball. Even though volleyball, if you want to look at, it, is actually drawing better than basketball now, mm-hmm. at least on the women's. It just came out. Uh, Sports Center, I think, or ESPN came out with a um, uh, like a, a report that said that around the nation, the dominant youth sport right now it's volleyball. Mm-hmm. It just it just beat women's basketball not too long ago. Yeah. Nationwide. Yeah, no, no. Three. It's been three years in a row now that the that women's women's volleyball, the girls' volleyball, is is the number one team sport. Wow. And we're still and we're still just so still behind, there. so behind on that. And I think there's some um there's some there was actually and it just it, people aren't talking about it because mm-hmm. it gets dominated because you see what's on ESPN and you know ESPN is a very great news entity for a lot of different things. But ESPN also pushes its own agenda at the same time, yeah, yeah. which is why there's six NFL shows on ESPN. Yeah, yeah. ESPN has a contract for NCAA women's basketball and NCAA sports and NCAA basketball itself. So what is ESPN going to do? Are they going to push? And they're starting to see – you're starting to see more, more volleyball coming on ESPN. Because back in the day, I remember you can only you could only watch like maybe a semifinal game and yeah. then the final yeah. of the – men's side if yeah. anything um but now you're seeing everything from like sweet 16 mm-hmm. um even earlier you yeah. you get to catch a couple of times maybe minnesota and nebraska are playing in their season yeah. regular season yeah. games they, they they played those and big 10 that big 10 network has been a huge punk, yeah. uh, push for that pac-12 network sec network longhorn network all the individual networks for the individual conferences. Of you just come in with yeah. educating people Absolutely. too. That's and that's that's what I yeah. think you're getting at. It's yeah. just educating the kids, educating yeah. the people around here too. Mm-hmm. That 
volleyball it's 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 what it's up right now and it's well and it's an amazing sport where it's in need of this amazing athletes that are being wasted into places where maybe like you said maybe she practiced all her life to be a basketball player because she wanted to be either a husky or in WNBA or whatever it is never got to that Never tried volleyball. No, yeah, I think in, I think in the next five to ten years you're going to see a big shift nationwide. Yeah, and definitely. The, the question is, is the Northeast going to come along with it or not? Because I'll tell you this, being a club coach, and you can back me up on this, when you saw a team from the Northeast in, in your qualifier, in your pool, you're like, that's a win. Yeah. That's yeah. a win. And I, I, I know that there's a – Smash is probably the best is, – yeah. is not probably – it is the best club in the region. It, I don't think Smash has ever qualified for open at JOs ever if wow. they did ever qualify for open they would probably I, I will go out on a limb and say smash would probably lose in single digits to the top to the top 20 teams in the country yeah. easy and you I play in Michigan Michigan elite oh, which so is you play for Vince I'm so sorry I've <laughs> 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 I know Vince I know Vince really well Paige I coach Paige Carey oh, okay. so awesome. with her little skinny little <laughs> Paige is, a, so, Paige is a trip. Yeah, We're actually it's playing Central <laughs> Michigan next year, so I get to see Paige again. No, not no. I'm not looking forward to that. No, I'm not looking because I coach. I coached like that. I recruited eighty percent of that roster. I also coached. And then you had to leave. Roster. Yeah. Then I had to leave, and so I guarantee you, the second that they see that we're playing Hartford, they're gonna wanna take your face out. It's gonna be a war out there. It's gonna be a war out there. All right, so just before I leave, um, wow, we missed I wanna, like, wait, what ten questions? Oh my I, I god, was yes, talking too yes. Long. No, no, no. Dude, they all came just, along. They all you, came you along. Shut up they sometimes. all came up. No, this is this is great. Like I'll just that's fine. I'll, I'll start this is great. This is great. This is great. Before before we 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 get done, this is an idea that I feel like now, especially that I've heard you talking about the, your spring schedule and you mentioned yeah i'm playing basically all of these connecticut teams right now and this is an idea that she shakes her hand her head because she knows this we've been talking about this a long time and i've always said you know how basketball at least central plays in the men's basketball side they play a tournament I can't remember the name of it. It's maybe the Connecticut Cup or whatever it is. They play that in their preseason. They play like Yale. Mm -hmm. They play um, U-Heart. Mm -hmm. They play um, Sacred Heart, whatever it is. All of the teams except for UConn. Um, but I said, I was thinking about this like two years ago, right? That's when we started thinking about this. And I was like, how come the Connecticut, all this Connecticut um, programs, don't get together and say, hey, why don't we just do a preseason tournament or even not even you guys as a program or, or, or like maybe the region or maybe maybe someone around here who wants to to grow the volleyball and say, hey, let's do a, a cup or a tournament, nutmeg. preseason tournament. That's nutmeg, a nutmeg challenge. Oh, my God. Look at the name of it. Nutmeg. The nutmeg cup. No, you can't call it nutmeg cup. Just... All right. The nutmeg <laughs> challenge. The nutmeg challenge. <laughs> nutmeg challenge um, that you bring UConn, Yale, U-Heart, Sacred Heart, CCSU, Fairfield, mm -hmm. D1 teams that are all right there. They can all battle against each other. It will be super competitive, 
it would be i think super cool to see and you you sell it out to people maybe to those girls that are like oh wait so fairfield has a team oh wait you are has a team you kind of has a team and and i think it will help grow the sport in here because it, it's just we have so many programs together in here combined we could do that where we have like this like traveling trophy and it goes from program to program to whoever wins it something like I, uh, this someone was like goes to cr someone goes to stop and shop buys like a little nutmeg <laughs> like a little like thing just that happened yeah little nutmeg <laughs> yeah. thank you for participating yeah thank you for participating some seasoning for you congratulations um what do you I, think uh, <laughs> i tried said i tried getting it set up when i first got here um so it just It was between, and we we tried getting it with five teams with with UConn, Yale, Sacred Heart, Fairfield, us, and CC and I and CCSU. So what was that six teams? I think yeah. it was. So we tried getting it going. We tried doing it, and it was like okay, Sacred Heart and Fairfield, I believe, are in the same conference. No, no, you guys, Central, and, Central Sacred, and Sacred Heart are in the same conference. So we tried to find a way that they didn't play each other because that's going to count as yeah. a conference game. Um, there's just a lot of different hurdles that came up that were like, okay, we couldn't even get it going probably until 2018 because of prior commitments. Yeah. Yale is only restrict is restricted to three. And then you have certain conferences have certain RPI requirements to compete. So just getting through the logistical aspect of everything, yeah, it was it, it became quickly apparent that it, even though all of us agreed that it was a great idea, Todd was on board, you know, um, yeah, pretty much literally got everyone on board to do it. It, we just couldn't get. It, we just couldn't make yeah, it. Yeah, with all the rules. With with just the RPI aspect of things, with the Yale was already playing UConn in the in the, later on that year. You know, we were playing Yale later when we were first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. We, we did a home and home with Yale the last two years, so we were already playing Yale. It, it just didn't happen. Is it something that we should absolutely revisit later on? I think so. I think it. I think it'd be really good for the state. I agree with you on that aspect. Obviously, I shouldn't try getting yeah, it going yeah. when I got here. Yeah. Um, Maybe doing it in the spring, maybe. Uh, sp spring, spring is harder spring, because of your restriction and with your players and all that, of that. And also, I know there there are coaches out there, myself included, that would really prefer to play a one and done. Mm -hmm. like, True. Like we're doing that with, we're doing because we're kind of doing it. Like yeah. we're, we're playing one. We're playing UConn tomorrow night. We're playing CCSU next week, and then we're playing Yale the following week. So we're kind of doing it, but we'd rather play. I'd rather play one yeah. game rather than tournament yeah yeah spring and yeah. plus it's not as fun with it when you're just trying new yeah. things and seeing how things work so yeah but, but I think, so yes, something I, I, something that should come but, out but great soon. minds great minds think alike so yeah <laughs> I, I'm, i'm there with you uh, let's yeah i wanted wanted to get done but there's a lot more to it than just saying hey Definitely. let's make this happen Definitely. so uh, yeah. but i think it would be really cool yeah. um and then promise my last question i always ask this to everyone um that i interview is mm -hmm. What is your advice for those future head coaches uh -huh. um, that would like to just be in your shoes, be like you, um, especially in basic best scenario, me, I want to be a head coach in, yeah. in the future. I want to get to sit down in an office like this and, and just run my program. What What's your top advice that you would give my us? My biggest advice first off is don't be like me. Be like you. That's my first mm -hmm. piece of advice because uh, I actually had um, – I just – got an interview question from this from someone who came in to observe the practice earlier this week taking as much knowledge as you possibly can talk to as many people as you possibly can and then uh, all those pieces pieces of advice and all the information you get see which ones you agree with the most and adhere to those over the course of your career 
that's why I say be like you, don't be like me. Because mm-hmm. that's what I, that's what I've done. I've listened to a million people, and I've really taken to heart the ones that I, excuse me, that resonated the most with me. Um, learn from anyone, and anyone is willing to teach you. And sometimes, if you go to extreme measures, do so. I unloaded trucks at Target at three thirty in the morning when I was a volunteer at Tennessee because I wanted to learn, and I knew oh, this is the career path I wanted to go. Um, so, be willing to make some sacrifices because this profession does not necessarily reward you immediately for mm-hmm. for hard work. Mm-hmm. It's a long term it, thing. It's a hundred percent a long term thing. Um, but be willing, be willing to sacrifice, be willing to do what it takes to be successful, and that may mean, you know, working fourteen hour days, five days a week not having a weekend off for two months uh, that stuff uh, initially it sounds horrific and horrible and like oh my god i don't want to do that <laughs> but at the end of the day if you're enjoying what you do it doesn't feel like you're working a day in your life like i did i did all that stuff and i don't regret one moment of it um just finding ways to be your be yourself learning from others and adhering and, and sticking to those things that, that make the most sense to you that you really feel deep down in your core the right I don't want to say the right way to go but feel like to you like is the most most the one logical. that makes sense the most yeah, exactly yeah. exactly awesome well thank you very much for um, accepting our invitation my pleasure um, it was an awesome conversation um, I hope that I get to watch you guys next season. I'll come by. You can come by next week and watch us beat Central. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll, we'll probably have to come by. Shot fired. Please, Coach Signali, if you're ever <laughs> listening to this, please, you got to win now. Um, but, no, yeah, thank you very much for, for taking your time um, and speaking for everyone, all right? My pleasure. It was, it was great. Thank, thank you Thank you very much. much. Thank you. Appreciate it.